Teddy Swim's Simple Things. Oh, that's a great song. I mean, phenomenal. Dude, I saw him on TikTok, and I was like, holy smokes, this guy's amazing. I bet you'll seem like America's Got Talent or something like that. No, dude, he actually, he's on tour. Oh, with really? uh, With something, some country people picked him up, I think, went on tour with him, because um, he's just huh. phenomenal. His other stuff, he reminds me of like, he's like uh, the dude version of Megan Trainer almost. That's okay. kind of how I feel about him. But like, you look at him, and he's, super tatted up all over the place. Like, and you go, there's, there's no way this guy's singing this. Like you expect him to be like a mumble rapper. Big dude? Yeah, he is. Okay. I think I've seen him before. <clears throat> oh, dude. By the way, this is a Dadvocacy podcast. Hey, we're here. <laughs> I'm Ryan. And I'm Tristan. Episode 30. 30. That's a big dude. Like celebrate. 30. High five. We've that's made it. 30 weeks in. 30 episodes. I mean, think about that. That's 30 weeks. I mean, we've had one couple of times we had to do like a okay, two week well, break because yeah. of sickness, but yeah, but still. I think we made 30 episodes, man, dude. It's crazy to think that we're like where we started, where we're at now and how, I mean, most people give up after 10, 12 episodes. They just stop. Humble beginnings. Yeah. (laughs) We're humble. Just ask us. (laughs) I'm so humble. It's not even funny. No, it was something that I didn't care how many we did. It was just like, Hey, do we keep doing this? And like, yeah, dude, like the feedback's been pretty sweet. Like it's let's roll it. It's really weird to think that we're 30 in. And think 30 in, and we keep coming up with different topic matter, which is really difficult. Yeah. Because, no, I mean, it's not, not I mean, if you're doing, like, political type stuff, you can just talk about, the, open the newspaper and do stuff. But, like, we're actually, like, avo- we're tr- avoiding that for the most part. But <laughs> <laughs> we're trying um, to give you something new each time. And it, it's yeah. tough because sometimes you do have to loop back on, on what we've touched on before. You have to circle because back. Because there's so much you can actually <laughs> open up. There is. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, wow. <laughs> wow. I make a political statement. Or we're not going political on this. Back. Yeah, um, but <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's been awesome. I mean, and we've been able to find things that Dude, it's been, it's been really a lot of fun. affected people in a great way. Yeah. So. That, that's the craziest part. When you get like contacted by friends or whoever and you're like, wow, you mean what I said actually resonated with you? It actually mattered? And the other stuff going on behind the scenes, it, it would be like a first for us. Which I think kind of I don't want to say gives us big time status. It it just makes you I feel think good. It edifies like what we do is like is making a difference. Yeah, is when other people are behind the scenes like it will support you. Yeah, that whoa okay like, totally feels amazing for real. I mean like <laughs> that's the weird part. And yeah, you're like, you're like wait a second we're we're just a little baby podcast we're nothing special you know, but I guess and we are. And then people are like how come this isn't bigger? And I'm weird. like. Then share us. Like, seriously, if you yeah. want us to be, I mean, we've got to obviously probably do better in the social media side of things if we want to be big, but like our goal isn't to be big. It's just to have no, a message. Just, yeah. And that, that's really it. Like 
we're, we're two full-time working dudes, you know? Um, if this ever turned into our full-time job, cool. But like, that's not my goal. I couldn't even imagine the content that, I mean, right now, the amount of effort it takes to just to build one episode. I don't think people realize like how much time I put into that stuff. Like this episode was like three days. Yeah. And like last week's, yeah, I put in a solid, probably three weeks ahead of time. I mean, all the research, all the everything, like yeah. it's, it's. It's not easy. No, <laughs> these it's bad definitely boys not. So, I mean, and, and you're right. Like last week's episode, your idea, I mean, we had played with that for at least two months before that saying, Hey, this is what should be an episode. And then we kind of went back and forth and like, how do we do it? What kind of connotation, where do you want to come from? And Dude, I thought the last week's episode was pretty freaking stellar. I thought it was pretty decent. It was good. It was definitely all right. Yeah. And I think it's something that we can expand on too. Like, well, I mean, that could go, we could go on forever on that. Yeah. I mean, literally forever on that one. And I think as we both live through things, because now your kids are getting older with that subject and our minds growing into it now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be more intriguing watching, watching your son grow up with it, you know, because mm-hmm. as a, as a parent from the outside, looking in on you, raising him, it's almost like watching me from the outside because I've already been through it, you know? Yeah. And I'll have some pointers here or there, but it'll be intriguing just to see um, how that actually works out because I never had somebody looking in. You know what yeah. I mean? I never had somebody that, that could go, here's third-party perspective. Here's here's this. And and to, to be candid and honest about something too, it's kind of tough because I feel like there's pressure because of doing this. Oh, yeah. That like I can't screw up. Okay, so we are human. I know. And I mean like, so I, I think the hard part also is that obviously our parents listen, right? Um, and we want to make them happy too. And we want to honor them. And that's, that's part of just who we are. Um, but the reality is dude, people, we're not perfect. I mean, we are, you're watching us grow up too. The more that we, that we do this, the more we hold ourselves accountable. I yell at my kids from time to time. <laughs> like if we do confessions or I've yelled, I yell at my kids sometimes and dude. it's like, I don't feel good about it, but I'm like, like you gotta no, get somebody's okay. attention, right? Like you gotta get the, Yeah. And, right. and that's okay. Because like, really when. If you're, if you're a parent and you're punishing your child or if you've yelled at your child, if you don't look back on that hours later and go, did I do the right thing? You're not a good parent. Yeah. And I hate saying that out loud because sometimes we retain the anger, but you should not be punishing while you're angry. And it's tough. We're not perfect. I mean, dude, some yeah. of the stuff I say to my kids when you're around, you, you've heard it. Yeah, like, you don't want to take <laughs> their actions personally. And I think that's where and we yeah. get stuck as parents. Yeah, never take it personally because they're kids. They don't they don't think about it. It's like, not intended towards you. It's just a kid being a kid. They're an independent kid too. Like some of their actions are their actions and not your upbringing. Yep, it's how it's news flash. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, let's roll into some. Of yeah, our sure, I'm sorry. We just, yeah, well, no, that was I actually that was some, a great opening. <laughs> uh, good lord, that's another episode in itself. Yeah, are we shitty parents or not? <laughs> episode <laughs> episode thirty one. Yeah. <laughs> breaking it down. Mm, now we're thinking about it. So anyway, yeah. so, so <laughs> Teddy Swims, um, I just thought it was great and amazing. Now here's something else that's kind of amazing. Everybody watched ET when they were a kid. Sure. Everybody, right? Yep. It's not often you get a look at the auditions that got these kids the role, right? So Henry, Henry Thomas, he was the ET kid. He was also in a bunch of other movies, cloak and dagger. If you were, uh, my generation was phenomenal. Um, he did some other ones, but Cloak and Dagger is the first one that pops in my head. But I want us to listen to this audition. This is insanity. All right. Check this out. Come on. 
So quiet. Oh, hey. It's from it's volume. NASA, you know, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. And he has found out that you have a creature. He doesn't know exactly what he's... So he he's just sitting there listening to the uh, audition guy go, tell him what's going to happen. He's been looking for for a long time. He hasn't played this role ever. And you've had First time. Now for three or four weeks, you become best friends with it, and he wants to take the creature away. And he's come with a search warrant, and he's come with permission to take the creature away. And you're not going to let him. Okay. Now, young man, I understand that you have an alien somewhere in this house. Is that true? Well, is it true? Is there an alien in this house? Yes, sir. Well, as you know, I am from the government. I'm part of the United States government, and I am empowered to take that alien with me. But you can't take him away. He's mine. Well, but the government is bigger than you are, Elliot, and... I, I really, I have all the authority to take him, and i got to tell you, I'm going to take him. You can't take him. Well, <laughs> I'm afraid Wait I have it. to, son. You yes. can't take him away, he's mine! But it's not my choice. What? The president asked me to come here and get him. I don't care what the president says, he's my best friend. And you can't take him away! Well, it's, it's real possible <laughs> Dude. That, that he'll come back, and you can have him again. But we just want to talk to him That's and see where gift. he's from. And Whoa. Holy to find crap. Out about other planets. And he, he probably is the key to a lot of things that we have to know. But how do I know you're going to bring him back? Well, you guys can't see what he's crying. Literally. I think he's afraid of you. This is unscripted. True, the government tells me what it's to unscripted. do. It's unscripted. What I know you Well, he's mine, and he lives with me, and he likes me. Literally and he wants tears to stay here. He likes it here. Well, we, we wouldn't hurt him Give this freaking kid an Emmy. I, I think they him. did. But I don't want you to take him away. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. You know, I've had to talk to your mom about it. And wow. She knows Dude. that the government... And there's another minute of this. But You're like, hired. <laughs> like, seriously. How do you... I'll be sitting there what like, <laughs> all right, uh, how are we going to cast the rest of this movie? Because now we've got just crushed it on the interview. Like legit. I mean, what do you what do you do at that point when freaking the most epic? If, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't even. Do, I couldn't imagine having that kind of talent at his age and being like nailing the interview. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, here's the audition. Um, you don't know anything besides there's an alien and your guys are best friends and he wants to uh, take it away from you and go. And now you've got corny white guy in the background. Well, let me tell you what's going we're on here. We're from the government, and we're bigger than you. I'm, I'm NASA, and I want to take your best friend away. And you start crying on a freaking audition. <laughs> Could you imagine this kid's parents, how screwed up they were? Yeah. He probably manipulated the hell out of them. Oh, oh my dude, gosh. Like, Could you imagine? I'm like looking at my kid now. I'm like, he's going to end up as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> how crazy tough it is. I mean, like, dude, I saw that, and it blew my mind away. I had to share that because that is that's just awesome. I can't fathom that amount of talent. Yeah, and that's pretty sweet. And like, where did he go from there? Like, really, ET, right? Um, uh, haunting. Yeah, but there was like some haunting movies, Legends of the Fall. I don't remember him in that at all. I remember this he was one, in Legends of the Fall. Yeah, I remember him, Cloak and Dagger. Huh. And um, that's a great movie. Um, dude, I don't. I remember him in the Quest. None of nothing else I recognize him. Frog dreaming, yep. But I mean, beyond that, Moby Dick. I, I don't know. I got nothing. 
Like, I don't. Oh, he was in Stargirl, I guess. What? But that, I, I, some of these movies I I've never heard of. So, Stargirl. Talking like about a, Fallen Eye. I mean, he crushed it. He. That's well, like writing Amazing Grace. <laughs> I mean, yeah. one hit wonder. And then giving up. Yeah. Like, what happened? I don't. I'm just so lost. I mean, it was I, 1982. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm. Blew my mind away. And this is him now. Um, let, let's actually look at this picture. Um, oh, boy. Well, he aged gracefully, didn't he? He looks like suburban dad. Maybe that's why he hasn't done anything else since. Oh, he was jailed, jailed. one time. Oh, okay. Oh, well, um, that's not For right. DUI. Near Portland. Well, he lives in Portland. That's why he's not anything now. No, I mean, if it was today, he would not have been jailed for that. Let me guess. He's throwing bottles at... Never mind. Yeah, that's crazy though. I, I'm totally blown away. I'm not gonna lie, that blew me away. So okay. next game, we have a game. We've got a game. Gosh, these games, are, these ones are fun. They totally are, and I hope you guys really enjoy these because these um these entertain me. I I played this with Leo, not so, this one, but another one, with Leo, the other day. Play along with she us. destroyed me. Um, this one is what is it? Eighties, eighties cartoon, cartoon theme, theme songs. songs. Perfect. Right? This is gonna be so much fun. Yeah. So everybody. Let's rock and roll this bad boy. We've got, um, I don't know, it's, it's like, like 12 minutes of fun. So let's just entertain ourselves. And do we do want this. to play all 12 minutes? Maybe. Let's see how entertaining yeah. it is. Okay. Do we just crush it? Or I mean, is it going to kill our timing? Oh, no. We're going to press play, though. Inspector Gadget. Uh-huh. Inspector Gadget. Oh, this is up, G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. This is too easy, almost. I think it's hard with cartoons because they always say the title in the cartoon theme song. G.I. Joe. I miss those. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. Gummy bears? The Littles. The Littles. Oh, it's Rainbow Bright. Rainbow Bright. Oh. I mean, I watched it. This is before your time. I never watched this. Maybe '90s cartoons for you. '90s cartoons. Oh, Scooby Doo. No, it's a pup named Scooby Doo. Not just Scooby Doo. A pup named Scooby Doo. Yeah. It's like Muppet Babies. Basically, is that what they did? Yeah. That's really the theme song. Masters of the Inner. Ah, snarf, nah. Wow. Heathcliff. Heathcliff. It's totally Heathcliff. I was a Garfield fan. I thought Heathcliff. Heathcliff was like store brand cereal. Heathcliff's girlfriend was so hot, though. Oh, dude, she was. Uh, really? These are too early for me. Original My, My Little, Little Pony. Pony. Some of these I don't remember. I know people are like going back. I was born in '84. Snorks. 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 
snarks. Looks like what are obscure cartoons you haven't seen in a long time? <laughs> How it feels. That was like Smurfs underwater. Is what it was. Beetlejuice, the cartoon. That came out in the 80s? Yeah. Really? I thought it was the 90s. No, it was it was like 87, I think, because I think Beetlejuice came out in like 86 or whatever, okay. right? Oh, Autobots is Transformers. This is Transformers too easy. Yeah. Those lasers are so... Straight lines. Yeah. They never hit anybody either, did they? Robots and skies. Gem. Gem. No? I didn't watch it. As an 80s kid, like, it was all Saturday morning cartoons and cereal. And, like, every, anything that came on, you just watched it. But that was a really weird drawing of Gem. Oh, this is, um, oh, Smurfs. Smurfs. Parents wanted to beat us senseless for the only song. female. How was there all of those Smurfs, but only one female? Check out Smurfette's legs there. Did you see him? Oh, that's Ghostbusters. Easy. Yep. The real Ghostbusters. Because there's like four offshoots of Ghostbuster cartoons. Yeah. The original. I always wanted to be a Ghostbuster with a proton pack. The Bill Murray character. Poorly drawn. This is cool. I don't know. Solid theme song. I don't know. The raccoons? No. No, this show? That was a show? It was a show, yeah. Okay. I don't remember the theme song, though. Oh, Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies. I already talked about this. I love the Muppet Babies. Babies. I like donuts. Thundercats oh, that's easy. Thundercats hole! So, alright, so... Favorite 80s cartoon. Everybody loved Thundercats. It was up. Yeah. Everybody loved Thundercats. I wasn't huge. It was G.I. Joe for me. All the way. I was a mask guy. Okay. Or Darkwing. Well, that'd be 90s. Was Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck was bomb. It's a great show. Oh, Care Bear Family. Not a Care Bear fan. Really? No. They had the, the Care Bear stare and the, their cousins roared. Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears. I remember watching this. So I'm trying to remember the this TV show out order. It was like Gummy Bears came on. And then after it was usually like G.I. Joe. And then I can't remember what came up after that. There was like, you always had like your order. After school cartoons. This is um something duck. Count Duckula. Count Duckula. Count Duckula. It's amazing they wrote these theme songs. Who sleeps all night in a cake made of strawberry? Strawberry shortcake. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Oh, this is awful. Who wrote that? I don't know. Any fire? Dennis Menace. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that cartoon. 
He was jacking all sorts of stuff up. What was his friend's name? It's like jacked for a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Mario. This is yeah. With the Mario Brothers and Plumbing's yeah. a game. We're not like the others who get. Dude, I have this movie. It was an overrated cartoon. Oh, big time. Yeah, it was just Nintendo's way to capitalize more on on their epicness. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, this I watch this regularly. This cartoon was bomb. TMNT was amazing. I love this cartoon. It was like the X Men cartoon. I was a huge Ninja Turtles fan. Mm-hmm. I think my fourth birthday was a Ninja Turtles birthday. Oh, I'm the Chipmunks. So good, the Chipmunks, dude. They're, that movie, the Chipmunk Adventure, yep. rocked my world. With the um, oh, but the Chipmunks. with the chipettes and stuff, so good. We're in the land of words, they're having twice the fun. Cause every single thing is pretty uh, too much. Um, a little bit of this, um, a little bit of that, and when you add uh, it up, you oh, get it's the muscles. These were like a toy too. Some of these like just escape all oh, the I mean that's come on. Come on. That shouldn't even be in the list. Tiny Toon Adventures? No, it's Looney Tunes, dude. It is Looney Tunes. Okay. Because Tiny Toon Adventures was bomb too. That show was awesome. What was Animaniacs was awesome? Animaniacs was rad too. Yeah. And Goof Troop. I don't know who this is. I no clue. Alf, Alf the cartoon. Oh, I forgot about Alf the cartoon. Melmac. Mighty Mouse. Oh. Speedy Gonzalez. Oh, it's Danger Mouse. Never saw it. I don't ever watch it, but uh, I know the face. I don't know why. I have no idea who it is. Flintstones, uh, man. I still there. watch the Flintstones. And all the... Uh, oh, this is Jetsons. Oh, the Jetsons, sorry. I thought it was the Flintstones. It started off that way, didn't yeah. it? What the heck? I watch the Jetsons, too. They're on. Yeah, oh. Flintstones, I'll watch with Owen. He loves them. Dude, they're great. Okay, it's over. All right. That one? Yeah. Eh. Could have been better. Yeah, could have 90s, been I think, is where it's I think, at. I think 90s, so, I mean, 90s one yeah. that will crush it. I feel like there's got to be like a, a bunch of different ones. like Famous TV theme songs, a whole bunch of them. Yeah, I feel like Disney cartoons, maybe. Gets the vo- Disney gets the voice? voice? What? That could be entertaining, maybe. Okay. We'll try to figure so let's get back to the show. Yeah, hey, it is. <laughs> so here is something I found that was totally flipping cool um, that I thought... Maybe we'll share. Why would they have Danger Mouse on that instead of the Flintstones? I'm sorry, just to interrupt you, like that one's messing with me a little bit. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this is Peyton Parrish. Yeah. Something super cool. And I need you to hear this. Everybody needs to hear this. Because it really is Rockstar. Wait for the chorus, dude. Reminds 
imagine being such a hard dude, like you're a hardcore rock guy. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm singing the line. <laughs> dude. This is like type of metal. Hard like, I rock could have Disney. Like, yeah, I could like have my kid in the car and listen Flipping to this. Flipping cool, right? Yeah. People are going to be like, it's not show tunes. No, yeah. Yeah, no, we don't want that. No. But this is epic. Like, you could... You could just crank the hell out of this. I need to cover bare necessities. <laughs> That'd <be> awesome. <laughs> That'd be super cool. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Cool. All right. Like, I'm for just it. Flipping cool. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's a real thing. Disney. If this is like the first episode you'll ever listen to us. We do, we do get to topics, but we are random at the beginning. Yeah. Just FYI. Here's another random one I found. <laughs> Give it a, don't you say anything. Don't you say anything. Don't say anything. Okay. This is a Jonathan Young cover. But more Disney metal. It's actually cool. It's like the hard rock version of Mr. Grinch I played for you the other day. Oh, yeah. Which is epic cool. Yeah. I don't like the chorus, so check it out. The kid loves Frozen. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't ever play. It's broken at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's, it's crazy though the amount of talent these people have. Like, it's really cool, right? It totally is. So, but when you talk about like metal and rock and stuff and screamo, even that, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't realize how talented these vocalists are. Yeah. Like, well, and he was playing all of his own instruments too. So, yeah. But crazy, dude. Crazy, yeah. crazy. Intense. Okay. It just it blew me away. And so I was like, man, that, that just, that's really cool, I think, personally. It's kind of awesome. So we're, we're going to kick more off with more of the, the random music things. And I'll be done soon, I promise. Um, I just, <laughs> you know how I love weird crap? Yes. I do. <laughs> and... I can't help it that I'm, um, I don't know. I'm just kind of weird like that, I guess. Um, so I, you know, I'm scrolling through a bunch of random stuff and I happen to find one of the most epic weird songs. Again, another one, of course I had it tracked down. Dude, it was like right here. Worse than the, uh, weird Hindu guy that the Aladdin. <laughs> The Aladdin one. Gosh, that was so good, too. Um, oh, man. What did I do with it, dude? I don't know. We might have to skip this. I had it all queued up, too. I know you want to hear it. <laughs> well, <I'll- laughs> I'm looking at the next two subjects, and they kind of like one's a playoff. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's here. It's over here. That's why. <laughs> Sorry. It's looking in our show. Here notes. it is. I found it, guys. <laughs> Everybody be happy. So... 
I do like weird crap and, and just anything that kind of tickles my funny bone because I'm, I'm just that guy. We played Aladdin that one time and it was awful. Yeah. Like so bad. And this is what you're thinking it is. Um, so I'm just going to let it roll. It's another one. Oh, this guy. <laughs> I love how they have subtitles on this. I wish we could. Are you looking quantum one me to be? This is why you get drunk in another country and end up in a karaoke bar. Just caught in the undertow. I might have to put this on the actual like website. Here's an epic ending, dude. <laughs> epic. He's got the Chewbacca going back. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, dude. So good. Oh, oh my god. Actually, love that song. It is. A, it really is a great song, though. I mean, like, that, let's be honest about that. That takes me back to like high school. I anytime it comes on, I turn it on. Oh, I love it. You can't not. You know what I mean. Um, Rest in peace. So, <laughs> I was re- <laughs> this next topic. I, I saw this, this article and I read it immediately. Okay, I think we've all I, <laughs> as dudes. I saw it. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go find a murder hornet. <laughs> Basically. As guys, we uh, are intrigued by the weirdness of the world. How do they research uh, this to find this out, too? Like, I feel like this had to have happened through like a... Accident? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I got stung by 26 bees at one time once. Okay. Um, um, and I was, I was camping out with my buddy Nick in the woods, and we were being stupid. Being? No. And so... Because that's how this, this happens. This, this bee nest fell, I guess, and I actually kicked it on accident while uh, we were running through the woods. The bees all attack me, and I take off my jacket, and Nick picks up a big stick, and he's like, come at me. It was gonna be like, and all I could see was a cartoon in my head where like, you get beat senseless by a stick and somebody else, you know, it doesn't help. So I run and scream, and I'm stung by all these bees all over the place, literally up my thighs and stuff, right? Oof. That's how I imagine this became subject matter. So like the, the byproduct of that, that incident is like, oh, guess what? My this, erection's huge. This or it was <laughs> like a, like, like a it had, maybe it was like a college survey, you know, how they do the testing. If you're a young guy in your prime, we'll pay you money to to test this. Come, what happens? Come, let your phallic organ get stung by bees. But the article did say it's a permanent increase in size. (laughs) So, to everybody out there, I'm find the biggest wondering. I'm find the biggest bee in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and willing to, if this has happened to you, let us know. I just, I have to know. I, I can't help it. Dude. I'm intrigued. Uh, does this really work? And if so, where do I get lidocaine? No, I'm playing. But like, this, 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 get a sting stick. <laughs> like, how crazy. I, I, permanent. I permanent. Permanent. Increase. In size. From bee stings. And girth. I don't know. Maybe it's just girth. Yeah. It doesn't make any. I'm so confused. Where, where the murder, murder horn is at? Yeah. <laughs> maybe they would do the opposite. It's a murder horn. So maybe it's got to be like a good bee sting, a honeybee. 
Good friendly bumblebee, just hi. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> this is much With like the staff sunning. of wisdom. <laughs> That's where it, I go from talking. This, this is much like like <laughs> sun tanning your undersides. Yeah. I feel like the same guy probably figured that out because he was tanning, mm-hmm. and some bee thought it was like a flower. Probably I don't know. <laughs> There's so many scenarios running through my head that I can't even. He thought it was a, a yellow jacket because he thought it was dead, rotting. Never mind. So confusing. <laughs> That's gross, dude. <laughs> staff of wisdom. <laughs> Go from talking about penis size to staff of wisdom. <laughs> so that's what I call my plunger. The staff of wisdom. The staff of wisdom. Because you should have been smart enough to flush before, but you didn't. This is how you learn wisdom. Okay. Right? It's through experience. <laughs> and the question was, in my head, I mean, how many people out there have one in every bathroom or do you have just one in the house that you cycle through? Uh, I used to be one in the house. Now I have one in each bathroom because a certain child in my household has liked to try to test out how much toilet paper you can flush. Oh, yeah. Well, that happens for sure. Yeah. So I'm like, eh, I don't want to take a plunger from one end to the other end. And Do you, do yeah. you rock the classic wood shaft one? Yes. Or do you go with the upgraded black plunger of doom? I do not use the... The old school, like, bowl-shaped one, I actually use, like, the black one because it actually creates a tighter seal around, and, yeah, it's less pumps, less work. Usually get one good, and there it is. So is it the black hollow one? Yeah, that's, like, the accordion thing on it. Yeah. Yeah. That thing's crazy, dude. Yeah. I've never used that, but it seems intense. It's just like, and it's, like, done. You're like, all right. Yeah, the amount of air that thing has would be. Yeah. Sounds that's really smart. Yeah, really smart. Okay. Plus, you don't like the bowl ones. You have to like use a lot to get enough like propulsion. I and I you end up it's turning a, it into like a potato yeah. masher. And you just you got to know when to end it with <laughs> yeah. that one. Yeah, because you can't if you do then too if much you too much or you don't do enough splicing. and you try flushing once and then the bowl fills up. And you're like, oh crap! Next flush is going to put poop on the floor. Yeah, you're like, I didn't do it enough, and so you're just like. <laughs> You got to be careful with that. Especially the, the hand arm motions that I was just using. Well, it's true, though. I mean, you, you really got to know how to work it. So, yeah. <laughs> you did good. <laughs> so, word of wisdom go for the black plunger. It works better. The just black plunger that's super hollow. It's plastic all the way around. It's got the accordion on the bottom. Yeah, and it has like the kind of tapered inlet. That's There's the one, one that, that looks works. like a gun, that it's like a gun end on it. And I feel like you're not going to hold it by the trigger, but you're. Other than just being super cool. Yeah, that's really what it looks like. That's kind of cool. I don't know how well it works, but hey, whatever, right? A pooper shooter. Mm -hmm. So I I saw this thing where Tom Brady was was asked who his hero is, right? I'm becoming a Tom Brady fan, by the way. He grows on you. I know. I didn't like him. He played for the Patriots, and now he's not a Patriot. I'm like, I kind of like Tom Brady. He's so pure, which is weird. He's just weird. He's kind of... But he doesn't. He doesn't give a crap. I think that's no. why I like him. And that'd be, that's probably yeah. That makes sense. But it's crazy because it's this. He was asked who his hero is, and this is what he said. People say you're their hero, but who's your hero? Who's my hero? It's a great question. Well, I think my dad is my hero Watch because face. he's someone that I look up to every day. And uh, cheer it up. And that's it. My dad. Any people? Dude. I it, think it, I did that on this show. 
You did. Um, <laughs> I think Junior did too at one point. Yeah. I did also, you obviously. Did well. Yeah. It's. I, I wanted to play that because really, we don't highlight how important our dads are. Yeah. And it, it's amazing to think that, like, I mean, it's, this is Tom Brady. How many, how many Super Bowl rings does this dude have? Six. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's Tom Brady. And he's married to a supermodel? Well, so he's technically won like seven? You, you can't knock him there. I mean, really. Just, <laughs> but, like, seriously, he's, he's winning. And thinking about his dad makes him tear up. How incredible is that? I mean, like, really? Like, that, that's so impactful. It's so It just blows my mind away. That Do you have, yeah, do you have, like, people in your life that you think about that does it to? Like, I can think about my dad and my grandpa. Yeah. Like those two guys, like nothing. Dude, I can think about them long enough and probably get tears. I got my dad and my mom, I think, for the most part. And it's, you know, there's mama's boys and daddy's girls. And I can do it about my, I mean, my mom is an amazing person too. Don't get me wrong. Like I love No, I'm, I'm just saying. That, but yeah, like it's. There's always one that, that for some reason hits you harder. Yeah. And I think it's because you probably more, you more understand them because I mean, for, for men, we're looking up to our, our dad because mm-hmm. we get it. The older you get, the more you understand the sacrifice, right? And even though mothers give up so much of themselves also, and they really do. I mean, there are, there are women out there that are doing everything in the house yeah. and the husband does nothing. Right. No, I think it's just because I, I know where my dad's been and seen the sacrifices that he makes to, to have that. Like I can immediately just like go there. Yeah. And the older we get, the more we have our own sacrifices. So I want to read this real quick. Please, it's yeah, show notes, on, yeah. But it's kind of related to this, but it's like 43% of boys are raised by single mothers. 78% of our teachers are female. So almost 50% of our boys have a 100% feminine influence while at home and an 8 out of 10-ish chance of 100% female influence at school. Toxic masculinity is not the problem. A lack of masculinity is. 100%. You can't tell somebody their basic person is, is bad and wrong yeah. and expect them to grow up to be an amazing person. Yeah. And you so, just can't. And this kind of goes into, you know, one of our topics, like, you know, feminism is normalizing toxic traits in women and praising those traits. Um, oh, absolutely, dude. Um, like, no, keep going. Go. It's all right. Go ahead. Yeah, no. And, and so like, I mean, it was, it kind of entered a conversation that I had that, um, we're getting, I mean, I had, it was part of a conversation yesterday where women were offended by the fact that I joined a conversation and had a viewpoint on certain things. And because I'm a man, I'm not allowed to have that feeling. And it was in regards to dress code at school. Okay. I'm, and that's weird. And Why because, not because it was the, the person in question, like, and it wasn't the person posted it. It was like other people in the comment section and the comment section is, let's be honest. It's like the Walmart of the world. Um, I'm just here to watch the comments. Yeah. Um, no, like the comment section to like these two females in particular turned on me. And all I said was along the lines of like, you know, what I really wanted to say, I had to send a private message because I felt like those two people were going to take it the complete wrong direction. Okay. Um, I had a background being in the school system, right? Mm-hmm. I literally had to walk the halls at school. And this is how I felt because of how much pressure is on male teachers. And I know this is why some male teachers just get out because there's so much pressure on them that they can't screw up or they can't look a certain way, whether they have intention behind it or not, just because it's so easy for them to be like singled out. They're like, Oh, they're, they're a predator or whatever. Absolutely. 
And so I literally had to walk around and I would look at the top of people's heads. That's how I walked through the hallways. I would never have my eyes down unless I had something in my hands. I would never have my eyes down. They were always at the top of the head, forehead, like eyebrows and higher is what I targeted at. And it was so like people knew I was either looking them in the eye, but I was never, but it was because females are so scantily clothed and not all, but there, there's a large portion of women and girls in school that just don't wear a lot of clothes. And it's very hard as a male to be around. It's kind of uncomfortable, especially as an adult, when you're in a supervisory role to mm-hmm. be around some of that, because I want to have a conversation with somebody, but I don't want to have to like, feel like, you know, they're certain parts are kind of out there and in the open and not necessarily all. Of well, no, I agree. Them, you know yeah. what I'm, you know what I'm getting at is like, it's really hard because I would, I want to be able to talk about the subject matter at hand instead of thinking I have to protect myself and not really look at this person while they're talking to me because she may think that I'm like gawking. I agree. Well, I think that we've gotten to a point where, we were wanting to dress babies up as women. Yeah. And that's, that's not how it should be. And I get the more a person ages, the more they want to be, you know, look at me, check me out. And because they want that attention. We, we all go through that phase. Yeah. I totally understand it. But I think that schools should have some form of something. I mean, it, this is when I go to the gym, Right. I don't want to see a dude's nipples. No. Let's be real. I don't want him in a little singlet thing or posing down in the mirror. I don't give a crap. I'm there to work out. Yeah. The flip side, I don't want to see a girl doing the same thing. Yeah. Go do it somewhere else. I mean, if you're going to be wearing like super, super tight yoga pants or even where you wear like the Spanx, like the spandex shorts that only go down about three inches mm-hmm. past your hoo-ha, you know, like it gets super distracting. Like it, it really is as a male, like we're wired in a way. Like literally it's our, in our biology and our chemistry, well, we are wired to be visual creatures. Women do the same thing to us. Yeah. I mean, so when let, let's have the true conversation about this, yeah. right? And let's not go crazy. on it. Really the true is that women look at men sexualizing them also. Yeah. Women will go over the top. I mean, when they talk to their friends, they're dirtier than we are. Let's yeah. just be real about it. Yeah. Right. So let, let's stop saying that, Hey, it's only men doing this. Men only look at the sexual sex objects when women all day long, we'll be like, oh, Chris Hemsworth, oh, The Rock, oh, the whatever. Nobody's like, oh, Tom Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, and here's where, where I got the part of the conversation that really kind of irked me was that I was like, you know, where's the empathy? Like, they said that dress codes are sexist and it's a form of misogyny towards males that impose their will on females and keep them from being able to express themselves. And I'm like, no, it's effective. You look at the actual chemistry. Why are they there? I truly think this is why it's there is that it becomes a distraction for an adolescent male who is wired with so much freaking testosterone coursing through their veins at the age from like 14 to 18, that they can get a stiff breeze and be aroused. Dude, you could do math and get a boner. Yes. And let's, let's be you real. You could be looking at the number six and the number nine and be like, ha, 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 all right. Like, I it's mean, like I say that jokingly. Women, that's, that's normal for boys to get yeah. an erection in class for no reason. Literally no reason at all. It couldn't even be a breeze. He could be sitting there like reading any random history and it happens and you're like, what do I do now? Well, like literally think about it. It gets joked about, but you wake up in the morning and guess what's there? It just, it you is. woke up and guess what you have mm-hmm. for no reason. And, and it's not a misogyny <laughs> thing to say, look, you know what? 
we want to stop any distraction. We don't want you to, we don't want boys to look at you like you are an object. Yeah. It's us going, we agree. This is how we can fix this. Our boys are going to dress like they should dress also. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure they're not exposing all their, their, their boxes aren't hanging yeah. out. The, you know, top of their pubic bones, and not there. Like, I mean, yeah, we get it. Let's make sure you're not looking at our back dimples and you're not seeing our little V's hanging out of our, our shorts, you know, yep. when we're walking around school. Let's be real about it. Let's make it an equal playing ground. And if that means saying, hey, you know what? We don't need any barrier what drifts. I, what we I don't need like side boob popping out. Like, yeah. let's be honest. And so my comment was like, why is, why all of a sudden is modesty evil? Like we're, we're trying question. to keep each other from stumbling and it's a way of protecting one another and being, and having empathy being like, I have control over this situation. If it's going to make you be distracted, I can mm-hmm. control that distraction by maybe changing the way I dress. We've been doing that with masks for the last year and a half. Why is it now all of a sudden like doing it to protect somebody else? Why? But when it has to do with clothes, it's a bad thing. And that's where it was like really tough. I'm like this you know, so then I get caught, I get called a misogynist and I'm like, this is bull crap. Like, no, I'm having empathy. Yep. Like you do not have empathy to see it from the male perspective. You don't want to believe it to be my way or that it could be possible. So I'm a misogynist. Like the fake, the feminism crap is normalizing that it's literally their feminism was creating an avenue for them to be narcissistic. And I, and I just called it as it was. And they're like, Oh yeah, he's sitting from the grandstands. And I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. I'm trying to have a conversation about this. And you immediately, because I'm a man trying to talk about this because I'm not the one dressing, but I'm on the other side, defending the male perspective. I'm a misogynist. Like it just didn't make sense to me. I do. And it doesn't make sense. So I'm going to kick this off because this is, um, this is actually part of that whole thing. Percent of men in their twenties said they would break up with their girlfriend. If she was a feminist. That's honestly not even surprising because modern day feminists, Oh shoot! Sorry. Six percent so, of men in their twenties said they would break up with their girlfriend if she was a feminist. That's honestly not even surprising because modern day feminism has normalized toxic traits that women have. It has nothing to do with misogyny. It has to do with the fact that men do not want toxic women. And that's um, this girl. I mean, this girl said it. <clears throat> it's one hundred percent right. No, it's absolutely true. How do you have a conversation with somebody that's, that's toxic? And you can't. And it would just be like, I would put it in the same sense of over the top, like the male stranglehold of like, no, you can't have that thought because you're a woman. You know, my woman needs to be in the, in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant. Like too much of a thing is, is not a good thing, right? Yeah. Too much feminism is not a good thing. Too much masculinity is not a good thing. Obviously like Mm -hmm. those can't exist in the arena and be a positive in that sense. And we've got to be, we have to have that balance there. Yeah. But it does absolutely that, that clip is completely true. Yeah. I couldn't date a feminist. So let's plug Patriot real fast. Absolutely. Patriotmen.com. We love you guys. Dude, their soap. Used it today. Every day. The soaps are awesome. Dude, the hand to hand combat cream. Bomb. I still got to try it. Even better yet, I have the hipster repellent beard balm. Yeah. You do have more beard than I do. I'm always, I, I can't. Even if you have stubble and you shave it, it still helps it. Like it keeps you from getting like okay, ingrown I'll hairs. Check it out. Yeah. On their website though, they've got freedom swag. So literally you can buy, um, a camouflage stocking, a tactical stocking, which is freaking cool. Two bars of soap. It's a uh, 33 bucks. I think that's a smoking deal folks. Dude. I mean like seriously, you can buy the stocking alone for 22 bucks or, yeah. and then $8 for soap. No, I mean, that's, that's a great deal. It's freaking amazing. And some apparel. And I'm like, 
Um, maybe maybe we have to do this. (laughs) Some some drinking glasses as well, but like they've got some cool product, but I'm telling you what, their, their personal products are freaking awesome. And I don't say that because like we haven't got any money from them. I just love their stuff. I love what they stand for. They're veteran owned, locally owned, made North Idaho. Like, and the, the ownership is amazing. Like great people. So go to patriotmen.com, pick up some stuff. I'm telling you, it makes great gifts. If you're looking for like stocking stuffers, Christmas gifts, Father's Day, birthdays, whatever, makes amazing gifts for men in your life. Um, and so it, you would probably appreciate it females as well because it does smell freaking really The good. reality here is people, if you, if you are soap snobs, you're going to love it. Um, this is my, my son's best friend box was like, he was like, so tell me about this soap. And I'm like, man, it's just amazing. Smell it. And he goes, does it leave a film on your skin? No, it does not. You leave feel a film so on your skin. clean and it's so soft. It's so, crazy. So I don't, he spent the weekend cause it was yeah. my son's birthday. And I was like, box, you're spending the weekend. You're going to shower here. Use this soap. And he got out and he was like, oh my gosh. The soap's amazing. That's from a teenage that's kid. A teenage like, yeah. kid that was like, he was like, I don't feel you greasy don't have the or gr- filmy. Yeah. Or any, oh. It doesn't have any residue, but like you come out and it's soft. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. Dude, like, so I was crazy. I used it on my hair just because I wanted it to smell delicious. And I was yeah. like, yeah. It doesn't, even dry it. it doesn't dry it out. Completely rinsed out. Yeah, it doesn't dry it out. How insane. Dude, it's awesome. Patriotmen.com. Guys, let's just be real. I'm, we're I, being honest. You can't this say it enough. Patriotmen.com. Go buy their stuff now. It's awesome. We love it. Now check us out. Here's, here's something from Jordan Peterson. We all know we love him. Yeah. Um, and this was a conversation he had about, is our society male-dominated? In what sense is our society male-dominated? Uh, the fact that the vast majority of wealth is owned by men, the vast majority of capital and is owned by men. Women do more unpaid it's a labor. Very, very tiny proportion of men and a huge proportion of people who are seriously disaffected are men. Most people in prison are men. Most people who are... Uh, on the street are men. Most victims of violent crime are men. Most people who commit suicide are men. Uh, most men, most people who die in wars are men. People who do worse in school are men. It's like, where's the dominance here precisely? What you're doing is you're taking a tiny substrata of hyper-successful men and using that to represent the entire structure of, the, of Western society. There's nothing about that that's vaguely appropriate. Well, it's crazy he just nuked that argument and he totally did and, and it's it's totally true um because we, we can't claim that it's it's men run the world it doesn't happen no beyonce said women run the world that's probably more true actually um i think there are probably more women in higher places who makes the important decisions in the household yeah most, most of the time but honestly like we we're in the business industry who do we always have to sell it's the women the wife every got i gotta ask my wife i yep. how how i get that all the Time. I'm saving you a thousand dollars a year, and you got to ask your, your wife. <clears throat> yeah, tell her what you did. Take her out to dinner, right? Yeah, and seriously, but no, they want to go. Well, let me talk to her first. And I'm, hey, you know, I, I got to respect that, I guess. But it doesn't. Yeah, make any I sense. love the ones where he's like, "I'm going to talk to my wife," and then he calls me back within five minutes. He's like, "Yeah, I'm stupid if I don't take this." So, okay, good. <laughs> I'm like, see, Duh. told you, I told you so. And, and it's true. I like, like your wife. <laughs> I mean, and nobody, nobody says no to saving money. Yeah. So. If it, if you're in the world, if you're at that point, just do it. Yeah, she's gonna love you for saving money. Just make it happen. Now there are some people out there that really, um, well, I mean, the, that you've got a one off. They, they divvy things up and like yeah. the bills or whatever are paid by so and so. So, I mean, I get that part, but no, the, I don't think the society is male dominated by any means. I think that 
like he said, you're hyperinflating a, f- a small focal point. And it really is. Really, not everybody's Jeff Bezos. Because you want to yeah. Well, you want to say like the poor, who are the poorest people in the world? Men. Like he said it. There are more men on the streets. Yep. More men on the streets than there are women. Let's talk about resources for individuals that go through trauma. Are there more resources for women or more resources for men? And it's obvious women all day long. If you come and go through a breakup or a relationship collapse, are there more resources for women or more resources for men? And that's why we're here. If you go through a divorce and you have to go through custody hearings, are there more resources for women or more resources for men? Like it, it, it's pretty blatant. If, if you, so if like you really that. want to see the honest truth about it, open, it's easy to open your eyes. Yeah. And it is. So I don't know. With that, I think a uh, commercial break. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, a quick break. We'll go right. back. All right. So main topic, I guess we're going to get to this now. Let's get some meat going on these bones. Let's do it. Some, it's going to be, some this episode bone. is a, uh, I would say tomahawk ribeye. Yeah. I, I, like, I want to eat one of those so bad. <laughs> Fred, really Fred Flintstone one. cut. So good. So <laughs> we wanted to talk relationships a bit. Uh, after you get out of a relationship or you go through divorce or anything like that happens, you start asking yourself a few questions and, and they're pretty hard hitting because you don't know. Especially if you're in a relationship that broke up as a result of infidelity. Yeah. I mean, there, there's all these, these, all these reasons. So are you worthy of love? Is a good question. I think I think we all ask That's ourselves a that. Big question. You know, and, yeah. and the, it encompasses so much. So <laughs> the better question is to go, are you unworthy of love? Right? Um, we've all had a few broken relationships. Does that make us unworthy? Right? Our our last partner rejected us. Are we unworthy? Well, that's like what Keith said about, you know, like, am I a narcissist? When you go through a breakup with a narcissist or you want you immediately think, Oh, am I one too? Mm-hmm. Was it my fault? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, heck, even if you were molested, like as a kid or at any point in time in your life, do you, I know you feel dirty. I get it. Does that make you unlovable? Hmm. That's, yeah. I mean, seriously, right? If you were cheated or cheated on, does that make you unlovable? Well, that's where and trauma bonds come in. Absolutely. Yeah. It totally, I mean, you got to think through it. These things, they don't define us. We're not defined by our trauma. We're not we're not a culmination of what happened to us. Yes. It's an experience. Yes. It helps mold who we are, but it's not what we are. It's not your, your lamppost that's guiding you. Yeah. It could have been a delineator along the highway. Mm-hmm. You might have to swerve a little bit, yeah. but you're still on, you're still on that road. You're still going. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, did, did you have abusive parents? Huh. And now you are unworthy and that's why you abuse your kids. Were you in a household and then use this example, right? Like people do this all the time. Like you didn't grow up in an affluent household. So maybe you end up with somebody that comes from a family with a lot of money. I'm not worthy oh. of being, I'm poor. I got poor in beginnings. I don't, I don't want, I don't belong there. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a, a ways you can take this that immediately kind of come to mind. Man, it, it, it's tough because a lot of people out there, since they don't understand what relationships really are, they build their entire self worth around the sex they get out of it, you know? Yeah. And if people are having sex with me, then, then I value. This is where my that's place all, is. That's where they, they, they need, they want right. me. Yeah. I mean, they want me. So, and if people enough so sex, that they t- yeah, take physical into it, like, yeah, they just want me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm worthy. But without it, I'm not worthy. And, and they feel depressed. And that's all the only relationship they kind of find. 
And it's that a lot of people are, are only searching for that kind of surface level relationship. Sure. Which is, I mean, we saw it all, all the time on Facebook, dude. You and I, all day long, we can see it. We can, we can call out the actors on it. But it, it's one of those things where people that are constantly saying, I want this, I want this, but they're only looking for that surface level event you know, to, to, that gives them value. To take the, the biblical approach to this, and I always looked at it for, you know, if you're being called into something um, to do something, right? Like mm-hmm. whether it's to become a pastor or to become a teacher or whatever, and you feel like I'm, I don't feel qualified enough. And I, I would use the example of like, you know, Peter being a fisherman, right? And he's like, and Jesus is like, I want you to be my disciple. Like I'm not qualified. I'm a I'm, I'm I go catch fish and I smell like fish guts. Like and you want me to go be your disciple? And it's like God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called. Well, if we're meant to be with somebody that is supposed to be there for us, and we don't feel like that fits, like I'm not good enough to be with that person. I'm not worthy enough for them to love me. I'm too dirty. Whatever. I, I've had too much of a broken past. Like you don't think that you have the ability to be qualified to be there. Like he's going to qualify the called, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if, if everything happens for a reason, and, we, and I'm taking, I know I'm taking the biblical approach to this, yeah, No, good. but Go if, ever, but if everything happens for a reason, you don't think that you bring something to the table that they don't have. Like, I mean, you don't think that you can be that. And for me, it's like, for me, that's like a self-realization. Cause I've fought this a lot. Dude, they're like, I'm, Dude, I'm from a jacked up marriage that failed. I'm a single dad that like, you know, I don't, what do I, I mean, I, yeah, okay, I'm a cool, I'm a good guy. There's this baggage that we have in the back end. Yeah. That, you know, hey, I'm not worthy enough to being. You to feel like it's baby mama drama? To, yeah. And, and yeah. You, and you really, you, it, you literally feel like you don't have, it, it's kind of a flip. It, it's weird. Cause you go, look, I know my value, right? And you think about it and you go, I know my value but you still don't feel like you've got enough value to offer someone else as you are because of the baggage you have. And that comes into, I mean, your self-worth. Yeah. I mean, you have to have, I mean, self-esteem is so hard to build, especially when you get into older age and you go through rough stuff. It either makes you or breaks you. Like it, it refines you. It's kind of like a furnace where you're getting purified and beat on and mm-hmm. you have to go through that, you know, what is it, the squelching process when you squelching, yeah, squelching. Yeah. Like where you have to go back in the water, then go back in the furnace, come back out, get hit on a little bit while you're being morphed and molded into a sword or whatever it is. Like, you know, the blacksmith to use hyperbole. Sorry. Um, no, but it's <laughs> but, true. And, but and, yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough feeling, dude. I mean, like, because we, we all have these feelings like we're unclean. We're not good enough. Yeah. Why would somebody want me this way that I am? Maybe you were promiscuous at one point in your life yes. and, and you feel like you're not, you find that one guy that pays attention to you. That's maybe it doesn't have that background. You don't think you're good enough for him. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that, that stuff happens Gosh, all the time, man. All the time. I mean, constantly. And you could have a freaking rocking marriage because where you've been doesn't mean that's where you're going. Yeah. I mean, if you've got like a bunch of VDs and stuff like that's worth communicating about, but <laughs> oh, it's communicable. <laughs> it's worth talking about too. Oh yes. That also, <laughs> But let me, for, yeah. for real though, like we, it's so tough because these are individual things where we feel that we don't have enough value and can't offer enough. I mean, you think about single moms or single dads as a single father, when you're looking to date, you look at yourself and go, do I have enough money to date? To, ah, no, I've been there. That, I mean, that, that's a real that's, question. That's legit, man. Cause I've like, been there. 
I have been there. Do you know how long I didn't date? Because I was like, I don't have enough monetary value to be able to do this. And for you. I'm going to be a worthless whatever, you know? And it, it's, yeah. it's tough because women aren't necessarily looking for that. But men as providers, we automatically look at ourselves as that value. You know, I actually brought this up that there's a, an Instagram page that I follow that asks some phenomenal questions, like really deep topics. And a lot of people that follow it, not necessarily Christian either, but there's a lot of believers that are. Yeah. Um, and they always ask like, Hey, what are some pressing questions? And like, they talk about sexuality a lot. Um, they talk about, you know, abortion. They've talked about all sorts of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a page that really does have a lot of like funny memes and stuff that they post too. But then they, they turn around and like, they, they talk about porn addiction for men and like all this other stuff. And then they find out that women, like 46% of women have a porn addiction. Crazy, right? Yeah. And it's like, pff, I mean, hashtag me too. Right. Not, and I'm not saying that I do, but it's like, not everybody fights the same battles. It may look a little different, but everybody's fighting the same battles. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, what was, what's something that's been, and I'm like, you know, honestly, like the dating thing is hard as a single parent. And I was like, I genuinely feel like I'm marked because I'm divorced. I do feel that way. Yeah. And I was like, I don't get introduced as a single person to other singles at church. I get introduced as, hey, this is so-and-so. He's divorced. And And I'm like. In our industry, we we have to label people. Yeah. And divorce is an option. And I'm always like, no, you're single. Yeah. (laughs) It. Divorced or not, it doesn't matter. Divorce and single, Divorce. it has the same rating too, by the way. <laughs> but what's, there's no difference. I know. I mean, no, even in right. society. So what, I was married. I changed my, my status and that was like, I had divorced for a while. As my status, like on Facebook, I changed it to single. Because mm-hmm. it's true. Uh, it, it's like, so what if you, if you never got married, would you, is there, is there is. some like, tag oh, you for- You failed at marriage. Congratulations. Well, Look no, at this like, guy. Look at this loser over here. And that's kind of how it feels. <laughs> yeah, it does. Divorce tag. But like, if you if you had a relationship where you're just boyfriend and girlfriend and you broke up, there's no tag for that. Yeah. Why? And it's it, the same thing. And so I brought up this point. I was like, you know, you look at churches, they often have a singles ministry. Yeah. It's singles. How many of those people are divorced in the singles ministry? I was like, you have singles ministry, then you get divorce care. Oh, divorce care. And then it's like, it's pretty defeating. Like, I mean, it's not your fault that you're sometimes like in my situation, it's not my fault that I was cheated on. Right. And, and it's, it's a pretty, let's be honest. It was pretty effed up, but I refuse to endure that toxic relationship. And now I have to carry the weight of like my label. Isn't it fun? Like is a divorce. And so I asked, like, I was like, I want to know are divorced people undateable for a lot of single Christians. Oh, dude, that's a good question. I want to say, for real Christians, they're not undateable. Sure. Did I say that right? Yes, they will date them. Yeah, Because a true Christian, I mean, we we look at love, right? It's not about some title or whatever. It's about love. Um, Because God wouldn't wouldn't push you away. I think we, I feel like divorced people get pigeonholed that they have to date each other. Oh, dude, totally. Totally. I mean, and that's from online dating. That's social media. That's in real life. It's like you want to introduce your two divorced friends, not your divorced friend to your single friend. And unless it's a female, you can introduce to the male. I can see parents to parents. Yeah. Right. Single to single, parents to parents. Divorce, divorce is stupid. Yeah. But a single mom to a single dad, the reason why that works is because they both understand yeah. what has to happen. Right. But a, a, just a guy 
to a single mom is a totally different story. He doesn't understand mm-hmm. her responsibilities, what she has to do. What takes precedence over that? And, and here's, the, here's the, the caveat to that. If you have a single dad and a single guy, what, which one do you think that the single female is going to probably prefer? Or the, the single mom? Which one? If you had a single man and a single dad? Probably single man. Bingo. That's tough, dude. Yeah. And as a, as a divorced single dad, I see it all the time. Yeah. And it's like, and so like, yeah, I mean, and it's hard because you sit there and you don't want to like bash on your other divorced friends that are female. Like they, I'm sure that they feel this too. Like they're hearing it. There could be something going, preach it, keep going on this, like roll with it. But, Mm -hmm. um, no, it's hard because you try to fight off labels all the time. We're trying to like get rid of that, like stigma. We talk about dads with like, and men in particular, getting rid of the mental health stigma. Well, it's the same thing of like trying to get rid of that divorce stigma. Like I'm a single dad, right? That's how I profess myself. I'm not a divorced single dad. Mm-hmm. I don't add the adjective in there or the verb or whatever to like describe myself with my single situation. I'm a single dad. Yep. That's it. Cause that's all you are. You're single. Yeah. It's like, well, have I been married before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who cares? It taught me a lot of things. <laughs> taught me a lot. <clears throat> now we're better at it. Yeah. Ish. I hope I'll be better at it. I mean, realistically, it, it's crazy because... I'll make better choices because of it. <laughs> we Well, what you're going to do is you're going to take in what you thought were failures from the other relationship into the new one, and hopefully those are what's needed in the new one. And people, I think, That's are where it gets afraid tough. of divorce people because they feel like they're going to take their baggage mm-hmm. from the previous relationship and bring that into the new one. And, and usually becomes, they don't. And it becomes a comparison game. I'm telling you, that's not what happens. Yep. It's like, we look at that and it's like, that didn't work you begin to build boundaries and you limit yourself from going outside of that. Exactly. And it totally does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're Sorry. Right. I don't know where it's okay. No, it's okay. We can go to enough for top. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> or another statement, because like I think we landed that one. Totally. Yeah. But so along those lines, have you, everybody out there, it seems like they, they want to be needed. Yeah. They want someone to say, I need you because in the movies and everything, it, it sounds so profound. I need you, baby. I can't live without you. Songs are, are written. Toddlers do. That's what songs little, are written about needing people. That's what little kids and so do. If you're, I, I want to challenge everybody out there that wants to feel needed, right? You want a child. That's what you want. That's essentially what and you're saying. Literally what it I, is. I, right? I want a child to be with. Cause I, I need to feel need to feel needed. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. So for me, I've never wanted to be needed ever, not even once. And I loathe when people say it because it drives me insane. I want to be chosen. Well, do you want to be wanted? Yeah. Right. I need oxygen, Ryan. Right. I need an energy source and I need water. That's literally what humans need. Right. Now for the food, you can eat anything you want. Yeah. Anything. I want to be somebody's lasagna. I want to be their cake. I want to be the tomahawk ribeye. I don't want to be their... (laughs) They're broccoli. I don't want to be, you know, the, I don't want to be the McDonald's hamburger. Cause you could eat broccoli and, and yeah, you don't want to be that. Like <laughs> I, I want to be what they prefer. I don't want you to rely on me. I don't want you to go without you. I can't survive. I want you to go with you. I survive better. I don't want to be subway mm. or Jared. Yeah. Well, no, but yeah, sorry, but no, but like subway, right? I think subway as the desperation fast food restaurant. It's there's the, nothing else available. Ah, there's Subway. I guess I'll go there. 
That's it's, per- it's not a destination or sandwich shop. Let's be honest. I feel like that's more like Wendy's. No, I, like I mean, Wendy's. no, no. I mean, I'll go sorry. to Wendy's. Burger King is what I feel like. Okay, yeah. Because Burger King is. You my want a burger and everything else is not available. And you're like, oh, there's Burger King. Okay, I guess. Yeah, two for five, baby. Yeah. Right, and that's I'd love <laughs> two for five. But and so like when I when I think something fresh though, when I'm like, okay, I want a sandwich. I want something fresh. It'll take a minute. I'm like, okay, well, Subway's an option. Jimmy, it's usually my last option. Yeah. Like if you have a Jersey Mike's, I mean that's a solid option. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's other places I will go. I'll go to the local deli. I love that place. Yeah, like B- Big Bear and Post Falls, bomb. Right. If I want a sandwich and I'm gonna set out to get a sandwich, I'm gonna make that choice for the other place. And then it's like everything's close. Ah, oh, there's Subway. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of how it is. <laughs> I don't want to be that. <laughs> no. And so what's what's amazing though is that when you take the need out of relationship. When you stop thinking that person needs me, you actually start treating them better yeah. automatically because you go, that person wants me and I want them to want me, right? And, and you actually create something greater. It, the coolest thing that ever happened was when I became an adult and not like 18, but like the day I realized my mom liked me as her friend and not just her child. Because that's when you become an adult. That's pretty That's cool. really it's it. It's not when you start drinking LaCroix. No. <laughs> Mad Dog 2020 in the barracks with the boys. I, I, I thought was, it was because I started drinking LaCroix lately. And I'm like figuring out like, you know, like <laughs> there's always like a deficiency. People know they have a deficiency. Like if you're iron deficient, like you'll crave like either red meat or mm-hmm. animals will eat dirt. Yep. Well, it's like lately I've been drinking LaCroix. I don't know why. Like a crazy person. I freaking hated it. Now I went to Costco and bought a case of it. And I'm like, what the <laughs> crap is going on with me? Either it's a midlife crisis or I'm, there's something in it that I'm getting that I don't didn't know I needed. You know, our taste buds change. They change all the time. <laughs> so so that's so funny, dude. That's totally funny. But yeah, like it, it's super cool because my, obviously I needed my mother growing up, right? Yeah. And we, we had a great relationship and I, I, at least I think we did. Um, I hope we did. And now I get to be a friend. Yeah, like my that, dad's my best friend. That totally evolves a relationship. That changes everything because I want to be around my friend now. Because I, I like I'll bounce things off my dad and I appreciate his feedback and he get, feeds me back instead of telling me what to do. It's like this is the result of what that would have. Like it's advice. Mm-hmm. And and I like and it's not like the parenting type advice. It's more like well no, like here's what I think. And yeah. you know, it's like I'll go to him for advice. Yeah, like if I need something i'd have no problem calling him up and like dude like especially if it's something related to my house or like my air conditioning compressor froze (laughs) up and i was like oh i don't know what to do yeah i'll go into that that stuff too but like i mean just hey what what's up it's pretty cool isn't it yeah and it's really cool so in a relationship don't don't be that need and don't want somebody to need you that's probably the worst thing you can have in a relationship or need the relationship only because it's at a certain time where you're lonely yeah. And that's when you go hunting for that well, relationship or you bring that person in. Man, it's tough also because I don't want to be somebody's everything. Cause again, yeah. that's, that's the need word again, just coded in a different way. Yeah, for sure. I just, oh, I, agree. I want you to want me around. I don't want to be the joy in your life. I want you to be joy and me I to want be, to be joy. partnered in mm-hmm. the joy. Yeah. I want to be the co-pilot, like tagging along. We're side by side here, you know, like let's make this work. Bag of red vines, beef jerky. And we're on the road trip. Like that's yep. what we're doing. Bring the Diet Pepsi. I don't know why, but I like Diet Pepsi with, with beef jerky. <laughs> Bring the LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but no, I totally understand I guess whiskey that. would go really good with jerky. The smoky with the smoky. Dude. Bourbon. Right? Bourbon okay, that'll work. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. 
Delicious. Uh, Who out there makes jerky? I'd like some. I like jerky. Let me get milk. Yeah, sweet. Okay. All right. We're on it. You're done. We're on it. All right. So I just, I I wanted to bring that up because I hear it so much and how people need and they, they develop these broken relationships because they, they feel like need is what a relationship is supposed to be like. Well, it's so many aspects of the relationship too. Like I need the physicalness. Like I need sex to feel neat wanted Mm -hmm. or I need, you know, communication and to, to feel wanted. And that's not a bad thing necessarily, but if that's the only thing. That's what the issue is. Yeah. So needing sex and wanting sex is different. Yeah. Needing sex is I just need to get it done. Wanting sex is like, this is how I want to do it without being graphic. Yeah. Right. And that's what it is. So if you need the physical connection and contact, awesome. But you could, you could need physical touch and somebody could put their pinky on your leg. Is that what you, is that what it, what it is? It's not enough. It's it's not enough. You want somebody to hold you. There's a difference, right? Sure. That's how I look at it. Like, yeah. Be that want. And so instead of, instead of being in a relationship where you're going in and saying, I need this person to fulfill my life and make me whole, want that person to complete your life and lift you up to your wholeness. Well, that, and I think the desire portion of it and the pursuit. Well, you, everybody wants to be desired. Yeah. Do you need to be desired to live? No. Not at all. Because you did it for how you many years? You want to be pursued? Right. Yeah, we want to be pursued. Yeah. And and you see that. So, but I see a lot of these broken relationships where girls are like, they're weeping, they're dying, they're basically life is over for the most part because Instagram sob stories for like the next three weeks of like solo hikes that they've been yeah. on to reflect on how bad things were and how they're healing. And that's because they developed this need for something they wanted. Yeah. And we want and it's okay to want things. Like let's be be honest. Like it's okay to want. Every I mean it's good to yeah. want. And that's all right. But want develops good habits. Need develops necessity. I need clothes. Well, I could go to. You're going to do a lot of weird things to do things for things that you need. Yeah. Especially if the selection is low. I need my Kmart underwear. <laughs> but maybe I want some silk boxers. We'll, we'll look at like, I mean, survival, right? Needs are for survival. Mm-hmm. When you start putting things that aren't necessary for survival in the needs category, you start taking survival instincts to fulfill those needs that aren't important. And you just ruin yourself. You put yourself in really bad positions, right? If I need to eat, I can break a lot of laws to go eat. I can eat all the bugs I want. Think about it. I can go poach an elk. Yeah, I mean, there's grubs everywhere. <laughs> you can eat what anything, and as long as it sustains you, then that's all it you is. You can go walk into the store and take food. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, but if you want something, there's a different story. Yeah, it's like I, sometimes I want a, I nice want a bigger house. Bagel. If like somebody wants a bigger house, or if somebody wants a new car, or whatever, like, what are you going to do? To it involves effort. Mm-hmm. It involves a change of action. To where if you need that thing, like you're going to get it done. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, I need to pay my mortgage next month, or I'm not going to have a place to live. Yeah. What are you going to do? We're going to figure it out. Yeah, that's right. You're going to yeah, make, make it happen. So yeah, so. Take that need out of the relationship. Completely remove it from your vocabulary because when somebody needs you, it doesn't give you value. Yeah. That's and, a bigger piece. And that's where like I would encourage um to create like healthy desires within a relationship. Um, build like that non negotiables list. Like that's where I started. But then look at your non negotiables and have that be and this is gonna I think gonna tie into one of our points. Um you look at our, our non-negotiables and understand that they're desires or wants and not needs. 
And so don't put them on your list as far as breaking things up. Like I'm going to accept nothing less than this. And I'm going to have a hard line on this thing. And is it really imp- like, is that the battle or the hill worth dying on? Is that 10 or two? Yeah. That's uh, what it is. We love the 10 or good two. Old, good old Charlie Cash. Oh yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's a couple more also. Just because someone continues to compliment you, it doesn't mean you have to be in a relationship with them or create a relationship with them or cultivate or pursued or be pursued or anything. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to give back when somebody wants something from you. That's not how it works. Just because you're good friends doesn't mean you have to date. I tell my parents that all the time with a couple of people, cause I'm good friends with them. They're like, why don't you date? And I'm like, no, it's not going to work. Not going to work. And here's a big one also that I had to learn the hard way. Just because you had sex with somebody does not mean you are obligated to be in a relationship with them. This is tough. It doesn't mean you need to keep doing it. No, and it doesn't. <laughs> but, th- but this is tough because that was my first, my first marriage. Yeah. She was my first oh. ever. Okay. And I felt the obligation to be with her. And even though I cared for her deeply, it wasn't what love was supposed to be. Sure. And that caused an issue. Obviously, it didn't work, right? So just because it happens doesn't mean now I'm stuck. No. It means be- you learn... And you change the behavior. You've made a decision. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. But what are you going to do with your next opportunity to make a decision? That's a Don't. horrible example, especially on the topic. <laughs> I'm sorry. So uh, I'm just trying to picture my. No, but come I, on. I caught myself in my head thinking that too when I said it. I'm like, I'm like hopefully he's not going to go there. But oh, yeah, guess what? Um, that's what I'm here for. That's what I do. <laughs> but no, like, I mean, once you make that decision and it's been done, you can't undo it. No. So what are you going to do with your next moment? Like, and, I mean, just because you have sex with somebody keep, doesn't mean that they're worth being in a relationship with also. It could be. And like, you can make a mistake. They happen all the time. Yeah. So we're like, Hey, we probably shouldn't have done that. Or I feel make a better decision afterwards. Yeah. Or like you can say like, Hey, I own it. Right. If Ooh. you know that it's not going to work, own it. Be like, I, Probably went further than we should have gone. Jerry Maguire it. Yeah. This was my fault. My fault. But at least I can do something about it. Yeah. That's a good line. I'm not going to stick this out because I know it's not going to work and it's going to be too painful and it's going to be a waste, frankly, of everybody's time if we continue to pursue things based on something because I made a mistake or like I made a decision that I should have made. So let's let's hit on this killer single dad comment here that we need to do. I love this because. Yeah. So single dads. I got humbled by this exact subject this weekend. I'm like, I'm so glad you put this in here. We humbled. Oh my goodness. This is a, this is a big one. Single dads. You should not be dating to replace your child's mother. Women, vice versa, right? The goal is not to replace. The goal is to add to. Yep. Um, with separate households, you're always, the, the only thing you want to do is increase the amount of love your child's going to get, Right. And to show your child an example of a relationship they should be having. And it's, yeah, and I look at this and it's like the ex, exponential factor, right? Oh, it's you huge. You have 100% of a parent's love and you add the right person. They're not getting 50% more love. No. They're getting 100% more love. 100%. And, you know, and so like by humbled, I mean, I was, I can't even remember what I was reading. And like this thought popped into my head. Um, but I was reading about dating and I want to say it was in like a, devotional okay um and it didn't have to do with kids and i kind of like took the spin of like how would i view this as a single dad right and we you can't replace the needs 
for your kid. You know that those needs are there. And if there's, especially if there's another parent that is supposed to be filling that role in your kid's life, you still have to leave the opportunity or the door open that those are going to get met by the other parent. You can't do it for them in some sense. Like you can't do their role, their job for them. You can, you can increase your role Mm -hmm. to hopefully fill that gap. But I mean, am I making sense in that? No, you are. What what you're saying is that in your house, you've got to step into that role to create, to fill that gap there. But you're not taking that role away from the other parents. No. And so like what I came up with the thought that like it was like this this simple like statement and all this to take away was you can't date to find someone to replace what's missing from your kid's life. You have to date to build on what's present in your life. And that's how we increase that amount of love your child gets in the relationship. Yeah. I mean, so when you look at everything, parents are teachers, mm-hmm. right? And leaders and examples to be followed. So our children are going to emulate everything we do. If we go out and we just try and find somebody to replace their mother, they're going to emulate another bad relationship. It's yeah, going to happen. Especially if we choose poorly. Yep. And that's why I think, I've, I mean, I've been single now for four years, you know, since, since my divorce. And that's totally okay. Yeah. And it's, and, and I think we had this conversation, we were sitting at a table with our men's group and you actually called me out because I brought up. I was like, yeah, dating like is hard. I'm trying to find the right person. I just keep understanding like, why can't I find this person? Like I know my son needs this and I know that he needs this. And you're like, does he really need that? Or does he actually get that from you still? And, and I like, called you out on it because I was raised by my mom and she gave me everything I needed. I know. And you called me out and I'm like, I'm glad you did. Cause I sat there and I'm like, stop oh. being such a whiny baby. <laughs> don't, don't be a biatch. <laughs> No, but I mean, but it, it's, those are those things that go through our heads as, as parents, as single fathers and single mothers. How do I find a good example for my son? Right? Because we have to, first, what you need to do is, is, is you're not looking for somebody to replace, right? No. Somebody to add on, but you've got to find somebody you can show your child what love looks like, which is complicated to say. Reinforce the goals or the ideas or ideals that you have. You have to show them what a healthy relationship looks like because they had an example of a bad one at first. That's why you're divorced, right? That's really what it is. So it's really easy for them to see what love isn't. Yeah. What is Show them what love is. And then once you can show them what love is, that partner will also be showing the child that extra love that you want to carry into the relationship. At least that's what should happen. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's in a perfect world, right? To build the healthy boundaries of that person. They're stepping Mm -hmm. in there and they can't be trying to wedge out the other parent either. Yeah. Like no matter how good that person you meet is, they still can't wedge out. Even if that person sucks. I agree. I mean, like that situation happens a lot with dads. Dude, I know the real there. Yeah. Been there. I've lived that. And well, with step, I mean like you have your dad that's maybe absent and the stepdad comes in. He's great. Stepdad walks all over dad, like mm. he's a piece of trash or whatever. Cause mom reinforces that. That's not a healthy situation to be in. No, not at all. I mean, and it's tough because when you divorce, the first thing you should be doing is showing your child how to love himself by the way you love yourself. Dude, I had to have this conversation yesterday. Did you? With Owen. Oh, wow. And we had to go to, to open house. And so that's why I love this topic to kind of land this because it's fresh. Um, and on the way home from open house, like his mom was there. And so we had to meet the teacher and all that stuff and, and find out where his classroom was and do all of those things. And he didn't want to, he got mad when we left. And he's like, he tells me, he's like, dad, I hate going back and forth. Yeah. Kids don't like it. He's like, I hate it, dad. Because it, it ruins consistency also. Yeah. He's like, why can't, 
you and mom just live in the same place so I don't have to go back and forth. And it's so hard because I, I can't go full Dude, on. And, and so how I approach you, it. Now you feel guilty, don't yeah. you? And so how I approach it is I go, Owen, we both love you so much. And I go, us not living in the same house allows us to love you better. That's beautiful, dude. I mean, they really, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. And so Kudos he goes to you, he goes, okay. And so I don't know if it landed, but like, I, that's the only way that I was like, when mommy and daddy are together, would you rather see us mad at each other all the time? Or would you rather see us be able to only show you love? He goes, I want to see you love me. And I'm like, that's why we're in this position. Done. See, and that, and that's the perfect way to say it too, especially at his age. Cause that's what he's going to understand. And as he gets older, he's going to go, wow, you're right. And he's going to use your example and go, this is what healthy is. Dad's healthy. Yeah. I'm going to emulate dad because he's my hero. And that's the weirdest thing, dude. I used to like, I've stopped asking my boys, but it's funny because like, I would be like, they'd be like, dad, who's your hero? And I'd be like, grandpa Mark, who's my hero. Right. Mm -hmm. And Superman. Always been that way. Superman and King Arthur. Always been that way. And I'll be like, well, who's your hero? And I, it sucks when your kids say you because you're like, Oh gosh, I'm going to cry. Look away. There's dust in the air, you know, like onions. It's Why are there always onions? <laughs> always. Right. And it's an amazing feeling to know that your kids look up to you and that's how they perceive you. And it just, it, it blows my mind away that even me not being a perfect parent can have my kids look at me and go, you know what? You're my hero, dad. And that's what your kids going to do because of all of this. Yeah. Don't think about it too much. Don't you cry? I'm not. No, I just, it was something that happened yesterday that I'm like, did I handle that correctly? Did I not? I'm pretty sure that I'd landed that one. Okay. But it's, it's a tough subject because kids are very perceptive. I think is the right term. Yeah, no, they really are. And so like how, how, if they're always watching and always wanting to emulate the good and the bad, you know, so they're looking at how I handle bad situations. If he's looking at how I handle loving him, you know, how is he going to view me loving someone else or loving myself? And that was the one that I kind of took away last night. It was like, okay, so if he's watching how his mom and I interact mm -hmm. and how it affects him, he's also watching me and how I interact with myself. Yes. Which makes it tough. Yeah. yeah. Because it, they're always watching. They're always watching you. <laughs> it's creepy no but they're every, really every are. move you make every yeah. step you take they're little stalkers <laughs> every single but, day <laughs> but they're totally there they're always watching you and always looking at how did dad react to this or how did dad react to that i mean it, think about it when when you swear in front of your kids what's the first thing most little babies do when their parents swear they swear right and they say it all new all word time. whoa mm -hmm. Yeah. Pandora's box has just been opened. And that's, that's part of what it is. So like we, it's hard to show them because you can't be on all the time. Yeah. You can't be a hundred percent all the time. Now what's healthy though, is that, is that you can show them, did you know, sometimes I do get down on myself, but they can see the flip side too. Well, it happens that way. They know yeah. I'm not going to be on top all the time. And it's tough because so, so I'm an empath for the most part, right? I mm -hmm. feel everything around me. I feel people's emotions. So it's tough sometimes being around people because it just drains the hell out of me. And it for literally sure. For sure. totally sucks me dry. Right. So Dylan has been blessed and cursed with the same thing. It's tough. Dude. Like it's heavy. I mean, imagine. So at his age, he's, he's 15 
and he's feeling all these feelings, emotions around him. And he's really super perceptive to people that are, that that are sad or angry or whatever. And he can feel it as soon as he walks into a room. And you got to be careful of who he's surrounding himself with because he's going to start absorbing it. And as as an empath, if anybody out there is an empath also, you know, you yeah. know how this feels. Oh, I totally get it. Like you, you can walk in a room and be like, whoa, I'm, I'm out. It's heavy. Yeah, it is. And so I'm going to make an uncomfortable joke to try to like cut the tension. And, and for that, Dylan thought, Dylan thought he was depressed huh? because he was feeling all these things because he, he thought that he, he was like, I don't know why I want to cry. I don't know why I'm dealing with this. I don't know why. In these situations, I feel this way. He, he, was, he couldn't understand it. He, doesn't, he didn't know why that, that when he thought, when he thought about how much he loved his brother, he started crying. <laughs> Legit. Just hashing this out with me. Yeah. And I, I was like, dude, I, I, was, I was like, you know what? First, let me apologize. That's a gift for me. <laughs> and he looked at me like, what? And I said, yeah, you, you can call me a dick. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it, Thanks this, a lot, This Dad. situation, like <laughs> seriously, and I, I was like, man, as a 15-year-old, this is so hard to handle because when you feel things this strong, when, when I hear you talk about how much you love your brother and I see the tears come to your eyes because that's your big brother, at 15, most people don't love that big or that no. strong. And I just held him and he cried at me. Well, because you're still building that, that hierarchy of, yeah. of human perception and teenagers are often still just grown toddlers sometimes. Well, it's true. And then he was, he was like, he was like, you know, when I think about my other friends, I want to cry about it. And he thought that was depression. And I said, homie, I'm freaking 42 and I cry at commercials. This world's sad sometimes too. It gets heavy. Yeah. But loving somebody that much that you want to cry isn't a sad thing. And I had to teach him that, that, man, this isn't depression. This is just you feeling these emotions and not knowing that they're okay. Yeah. And they're normal. You're fine. And he's been happy and, and fun and loving ever since then because he goes, wow, I'm not, this, this isn't depression. This isn't manic. I'm not insane. No. Homie, you're normal. Too you're much good. is given, much is required. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, like this, this is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's tough because he probably, I mean, learned it from me because I absorb, that's why I don't do drama in my life. I can't. Yeah, no, I'm similar. It, it's so tough to I get, you get can't handle it. You can like just take off with it and mm-hmm. spiral and. I mean, like going yeah. through something with with somebody else who's that I've already lived through. I, I relive that whole thing, and I'm like, it it's tough. Well, and especially, I mean, I've seen it in relationships with family members or friends that go through a divorce too. And it's like, I you, you start to personalize it too because you start to see a lot of the same parallels with Absolutely. your story. And it's like, I have to like, hey, you gotta understand, I'm gonna leave you with this. This is what I'm gonna leave you with. And if it gets worse and you need somebody to talk through, I'm I'm here but I'm not going to go ahead and live this out for you because I can't let this consume me yep. because it's pretty easy for me to jump in and start like trying to call the shots. Dude, and you live it again too. Yeah. And in reliving it sucks. Yeah. You don't want to do that again. No, it's awful. Not at all. And that's, that's just, that's kind of how it's it is. their journey, not your journey. You just have to stand sometimes throw rocks with somebody. Yep. Throwing rocks is healthy. Absolutely. So and if you don't know, go back to that episode, check it out. It's a great one. <laughs> but I think we're good. Episode 30 in the book. 30, sweet. Yeah, so uh, we'll be back for 31, uh, hopefully next week. Absolutely. Yeah, for the Dadvocacy Podcast, I'm Ryan. I'm Tristan. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Mm-hmm.